Simone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. Argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, no need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod. Rap, pop, pop. live from san jose california it is the dad bod rap pod i'm one half of your host today dim one damone carter joined by my man nate leblanc what's happening what's up dude i see you have the uh nog champa box on the on the floor behind you is this my college dorm room man uh to be a san jose rapper means you have to have nog champa <laughs> within arm's reach at all times so i'm just i'm just complying with the, my the neighbors rules. wake up super early and they kind of conduct their life on their side yard, which is right by my window. And they begin the day with an incense stick. And for the f- we've lived there for about two and a half years. And every time it was Nag Champa, and they just switched it up. It's like they just discovered new incense exists. There's other incense? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was, it was like I went to UC Santa Cruz, and it's a very like incense kind of uh, environment absolutely. there. Absolutely. So You they, majored in incense. <laughs> and peppermints. <laughs> yes. Um, they, they, it was just constant. They, everywhere we went, it was constantly burning. But it's also a town where they sell tons of other incense at the farmer's market, sure. at the little like stalls on the street, sure. at the wharf in Capitola. Like, there's just incense everywhere, but yet that is the number one draft pick like all time absolutely classic incense it's funny absolutely to the point where i got into buying incense cones yes but i only trust the knock champa brand oh that's funny they've, and they've got like other right other scents. No, i've seen their other yeah. scents they have yeah. the distinctive the, the almost like borderline dr bronner's yeah, yeah, yeah. style packaging absolutely. where there's writing all over Sanskrit the thing dr bronner's yeah. yes exactly yeah. um but yeah dude <laughs> it's just funny to see uh, but anyway, how you doing, man? Man, I'm hanging in there, getting over my 12th bout of COVID. I know. Um, uh, they're going to start calling it uh, the Demona virus. Uh, I saved that for like four days, damn, dude. Didn't even damn. put it in the group chat. Line, line me up. <laughs> line me up, why don't you? I just got off my deathbed, but yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I I was uh, quarantined for the past uh six or so days did you do anything did you watch anything did you uh, the most the most meaningful thing i watched and i promise we'll get into the retrospective the most meaningful thing i watched was the wayne shorter zero gravity uh which is a three-part documentary series what's that on uh amazon okay like all great black content produced (laughs) by black brad pitt um (laughs) uh but it just just great like um documentaries there's too many of them and there's a certain styles that like are pretty is this the kind where before the people sit down they show the chair they're gonna sit in and then Which, they come oh in and God. sit down and put the microphone and on them and then they show the, the clapper board and, yeah coming in uh, that's the current 
uh, so so many cheesy tropes this documentary somehow avoids all of them it's it's psychedelic uh he lived an amazing tragic amazing life wow can't recommend it um more strongly it's 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 a it's an amazing doc but that was the only thing of consequence i was telling nate before we started covid brain fog is a real thing so i felt like i couldn't even pay attention which is really frustrating. Which You're means, so broke, you can't even pay attention. Man, it was worse than that. <laughs> Wish I could DoorDash attention. Um, so, yeah, didn't didn't watch too much other. There's some one other documentary, and I'm sorry, I don't have the name of it. It's on Hulu. It is about the club um, Mars in New York. Okay. And the skateboard scene that was around it, the guys that started Supreme and Zoo yeah. York. Um Rosario Dawson's in it. They use a lot of Stretch and Bobbito footage from the Stretch and Bobbito movie. Nice. It attempts to tell this amazing story. It's not well done. Yeah. But it has Rosario Dawson. Okay. So, Fair enough. Sold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, it's one I of those. Did, are you things. aware that she is currently starring in one of the Star Wars shows? She's no. Ahsoka. I was going to say Lakushka. Yeah. So yeah. like essentially and like Lucia, if you're listening to this headphones, uh, it's the first caked up Star Wars <laughs> character. <laughs> Like there's people will be like, I'm watching this for the plot. And then they should show like the the plot is like her walking away in a scene. Oh my God. Uh, Legendary. She's on my, my New York Mount Rushmore with Rosie Perez. Um, Yeah. But that, that was about it. Nothing of consequence. Watching some USA basketball. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. uh, Lithuania. They play their asses off. Good for them. Not going to lie. It's I, 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 I'm one of those very unpatriotic people. I find it hilarious when the USA loses. I, I, they're still in the tournament, and it, like I think you know this will be a good formative experience for Coach Kerr right. and the various people. I know Anthony Edwards Ant is kind of like killing yeah, it. Yeah, t- becoming more than the villain in that weird Adam Sandler uh, recruiting oh basketball God. movie, which Stupid. I actually enjoyed. It was, uh, it was fun. I'm yeah. not going to lie. But yeah. – um, yeah, it's always funny when we have so much resources and then someone like Lithuania just comes out of nowhere and steals a game. It's awesome. FIBA's not actual basketball. That's what people <laughs> don't realize. The ball is smaller. The rules are different. The rules are a little bit different. At least they got rid of the trapezoid lane. I just think NBA players are not single elimination guys. Yeah. I think we'd actually be better served sending whatever team wins the NCAA. Right. Uh, to go over there because it's it's different. NBA players are like, if we played seven times, we'd fucking destroy you. What yeah. are you talking about? Totally. You got us on one Wednesday. Yeah. Like, uh, but that's not how this tournament works. So hopefully yeah. they they uh, they're is, going through to the next group. Is but. Lithuania the team that famously got their uh, uniforms for? I believe it was the '92 Olympics donated by the Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead and Bill mm-hmm. Walton. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they mm-hmm. have a proud basketball history. Absolutely, all, with all uh, the various martial arts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Shrewinish Marcellonis, uh, famous warrior player. Um, but that's not why you tuned in to find out what Damone did during his uh, quarantine, although thank you for, for indulging. You probably listen to a lot of KRS-One. If I, if All I the know time. you well, and I think I know you pretty well, yeah. I would say you Sound of the Police got me up in the morning. We have to talk about Sound of the Police. I have whoop, so many whoop. thoughts. Um, yeah, so this is the second installment of our 93 retrospective series where we're going back taking a look at albums that came out in the glorious year of 1993. Um, I, I'm not going to have the, what is the golden era? What is the second golden era? It was a damn good era. This is during that era. Yeah, this, this is, is during. Like, there's so much good music coming out of this Any time. era you want, these were some dope albums. And so we did uh, the Alcoholics 21 and Over 
um, last week. Shout out to Tash for joining us for that, that was conversation. Cool, man. What a cool guy. Yeah, super, super hilarious. I don't know what you left in and what you left out of like when we were talking to him, but he literally paused his workout in a park in L.A. to like come and talk to us. It was so tight. Yeah, yeah. He was he was super cool about it and just has the whole look of a of a 50 year old OG. You know what I mean? Like uh, cool ass sunglasses, tank top, just like smoking. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was good times. And I hope you guys enjoyed our analysis of that record, which I think by and large, we were all pretty big fans of. Yeah. But when I when I teed up this one, I knew it would be controversial. And let me tell you why, Nate. Why is that? Because even before we had a podcast, me and Dave traded salvos on Facebook. About, about this record. Oh, interesting. So, not 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 this record's author in general, but just this record. Uh, it was kind of both and, but Dave's assertion, and I'll and I'll put words in his mouth because he's not here. Yeah, Dave's not here, so we can yeah. like just say, we can uh, <laughs> assign a lot of these theories to him. To him, but no, this is this is real facts. He was like, KRS does not have a good solo album. Interesting. And, and that's and that's kind of where you know I I took some umbrage, and we kind of were going back and forth. So you're saying this is that. Of his solo albums? Yeah. This is the best one. Like, would you say that? That I, I don't want to ruin the tease here though, All right. of people listening to the rest of the episode. All but, right. Um, we'll just get let's back say to it. we'll, we'll come back, back to, to that. But me and Dave kind of were going back and forth. Because to me, this is this I own this record and I was kind of I was like, we'll get into this too. And Nate's record corner coming up later. I know you're all dying to hear it. Um, I'm like, is this the last good one or the first bad one? That is that and I love this, that question. This is I I I think I've listened to this four or five times to prep for this. I'm ready to not listen to it that much more. We have to get these thoughts out so I can yeah, kind of clear I, the deck. But I was I was I, like I, I will say I came into it with one thought and I might be leaving with another one. Okay, okay, because it's all about um, transmogrification. Oh wow! On, 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 I didn't know we were gonna go there <laughs> on Dad Bod Rap Pod. I was gonna say growth or progression, but none of this is growth. <laughs> like, this is just you evolve with the record. Um, and I think for listeners, stay tuned. You might be surprised. I know I'm. I, I'm typically on this program will be the biggest KRS defender, um, and this record does have a lot of meaning to me. But yeah, let's get into it. What is your jam, Nate? Off of this, off of this record. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if we had done this a year ago and I hadn't prepped and you were like, Return to the Boom Bab, what's the best song? I definitely would have said Sound of the Police. I think okay. that was – we're going to talk about it in a minute and the, like the cultural significance kind yeah. of of that record. My jam turned out to be the last song. Higher uh, level. Higher level. Check Which, it out. actually a, a like a well-produced song it's a little long because it's kind of the outro of the album as well and he vamps a little bit especially at the beginning but like i thought it was actually a very like measured um discussion of the role that organized religion plays in a lot of people's lives and like i was like where's the rest of these songs like he's so cogent and it's it's all in his like what i'm gonna call new york accent rather than his jamaican accent which uh-huh. is so prevalent on this record which we'll also talk about and like when i was listening to it i was like this is a good song i'm, I'm enjoying this version of like 
the teacher KRS one. Yeah. And I'm like doing air quotes that the audience can't see because I think his thing of like I'm a teacher is very obnoxious and kind of gets old. Um, but so far, like in my in my revisiting of this record, I think that is by far the best song on this record. Uh, produced by DJ Premier, um, a lot of these records come out of the D and D studio physically, but also kind of that era. Showbiz has a beat on here as well. Yeah. Um, higher level to me is one of the doper songs because you're right. The most pedantic side of KRS. Um, if you listen back, sometimes he was just clearly off. Mm-hmm. It was more bombast than it was actual information. Right. Um, but, you know, he was kind of the, a pioneer in, in the know-it-all sense, right? <laughs> um, but then... He'd be the first to tell you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, this record, or this song, um, definitely does a great job of teeing up uh, a philosophical discussion about God and government. Yes. In a way that doesn't come across super pedantic it's um, not preachy it's not preachy it's informational somehow. it's interesting he's clearly reflected on these things a lot yeah it's the thoughts the thought process is fully there which some of the stuff i go back to Karis and i go it was more bombast and flair than it was like cogent yeah. thought but um he's, higher he's level not super analytical he's super like saying the thing the loudest man love me some hip-hop um <laughs> So you're you're going higher level, okay? Getting philosophical there. Yeah. Um, How about you? If I had to, if I had to pick one, and I guess I do have to pick one. Yeah, you do. Uh, I would go with Black Cop. Okay. Um, I think this is one of KRS's um, also very loud, bombastic, but making a very nuanced point, which a lot of I think rap he's songs... making a couple of different points. Can I kick this to you? Because I just listened okay. to this like on okay. my walk home from work, knowing we were going to talk about this. I think he's saying two different things. And that one is that they only recently, this is 1993, that they only, they... Big air quotes. Only recently started hiring black cops to essentially be like the tip of the spear and like take the bullet for the rest of the force. That's (laughs) kind of one of the verses. And then the more classic thought of thing that we all when we think about this song and I think we all have an understanding of what we think the song is about is that it's black cops hired them to terrorize the black population and that they are like kind of like traitor black cop as traitor. Yes. yes black absolutely. cop as traitor, which is a, another kind of more familiar trope in hip hop and like movies like Django unchained, even though they're not cops, you know, it's right. like the overseer thing, which also relates back to the other song. But do you agree that there are two separate points being, Oh, made? that's, that's interesting. I, I feel like whereas higher level is a very well thought out right song. I think he's just kind of throwing up, general feelings that black people have about black police. Right. I think he's kind of just throwing it at the wall. There's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff rings true. I don't read it as a, as this linear narrative, like first when this is happening. Um, Fair enough. But that's one line that I'm responding to that I don't remember picking out when I was younger of hearing it. And I was like, Oh, did they recently start hiring black cops? That seems easily disprovable. Like, well, I think there's been black cops as long as there's been people. And like, you know, it's, it might and, not have been the most prominent thing. It's like not like what you think of when you think of a cop, especially in New York where KRS is from. But haven't there always been black cops? 
Uh, I I would assume so, but I also feel like in the '90s it was that. We'll, we'll let that fly. That's permissible to say. Okay. You probably were seeing more black cops in the neighborhood than you would have. Okay. In a in a previous era, um, New York has a black cop mayor, which. Uh, KRS very recently did some really cringy freestyling for, I guess they give KRS some type of uh, commendation, the city of New York. And so this is the heartbreak of Black Cop. If there was ever a moment to perform that song. Oh, wow. Uh, for fucking bum-ass Eric Adams, it was that moment. And KRS went in a whole nother direction. That and, is hilarious. And did a bunch of ass-kissy stuff. Which, wow. Um, just is super cringe, but probably kind of on brand for how old he is, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Black Cop, the beat to me always got me Peter. super hype. Yeah. Um, and it's it's that stripped down. I think Kara said his best is when there isn't a lot going on. Um, so that that would be mine. If you had to give a, a jam for the normies from this record, what would it be? Uh, that's a good question. I think. Probably Sound of the Police is the most, yeah. like, it's the yeah. most anthemic song. Can okay. we talk about it? Absolutely. Here's my first point. In the sequencing of this album, it is insane to me that those songs are not next to each other. Oh, interesting. Black Cop and Sound of the Police are separated by are they on thematically unrelated songs, and they are not on the same sides of the record. Okay, that was my only thing, right? They're on different sides. Yes. Yeah, so okay. if I'm producing this album and, like, Lord knows I would never be asked to produce this album. Here's kind of a general thought. This is a pretty good DJ Premier album mm -hmm. and a just kind of okay KRS-One album. Oh. Um, and I think they, the choice not to have these two songs together and to be bridged with some kind of skit where KRS-One does some kind of like oh, role playing. interesting. Like when I was first re-listening to this a couple weeks ago because we were going to record this a couple weeks ago, I was like, did he, did one of his friends like just get beat up by the police or something? Like he's so mad about cops and has all this stuff to say about cops right now. Did he is there like some kind of inciting incident like the famous anecdote about NWA oh. being like fucked with outside of their recording studio in Hawthorne or whatever? Like and like can that be represented here? Cuz it, it when it when you don't do it, this album is like remarkably backward looking for a mid-career artist like he kind of tells his life story at the beginning and recounts all of his accomplishments. So you're not really set up for it to be this like screed about the police. Huh. It's the rest of the album is for, and I know it sounds weird talking about a Karis one album is kind of chill, but he's super pissed off about the police. So I just feel like there should have been a section of oh, this record where it's like, here's the police section <laughs> and here's my two songs, which are good songs yeah, and probably some of the strongest moments. So here's my point about Sound of the Police now that I've made that point. And I, do you agree with this or not? Am I insane? I, the, only, the only thing I'm going to quibble with is that I don't think it necessarily would take uh, a singular inciting incident. To be mad Policing about the police. is in America, New York especially, black people, horrible for centuries, continue. Fair enough. Yep. Good point. Yep. Well said. Okay. When I was younger. I used to go to a fair amount of protests. I was never super involved in any specific political cause, but I was in college. There were always protests to like get the TAs more pay right. and like secure housing and stuff. We went to multiple Iraq war protests, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Sound of the Police was a reliable 
chant starter. Oh, yes. When you were yeah, in yeah. public places mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Okay. And then the last kind of protesty thing that I went to was the Women's March, which I can't remember exactly when that was. Like when Trump got elected, when Trump I think. 2016. 2016. Mm-hmm. Might have been 2017 by then. Doesn't really matter. And I remember my wife, who's like super into protesting and like went to like the battle in Seattle and protested the IMF and like has a whole past as like a organizer and a person who was like very involved in like the tactics of um uh, protesting and it's not like you wouldn't look at her and necessarily know that about her so people have been surprised to learn that she was the one kind of leading the, some of the chants at the women's march in our okay. little section with our friends okay. and the random people who are around us and she kind of tried to get it going she kind of did the like and like people were like no it's not <laughs> we're not doing that it's the sound of the impeach yeah yeah <laughs> That's, that would have worked. Where were you? Um, oh, you misogynist. Man. You weren't there. No, I'm just kidding. Really so wasn't. anyway, I was just thinking about this a lot this week. Like this used to be a reliable, like if you listen back sure. to like the Tibetan Freedom concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get the whole crowd going Absolutely. nuts on Sound of the Police. Absolutely. Now, not so much. Sure. Why? Uh, I know time passes. Passage we of we, time. You know what I mean, though. Woody Guthrie don't don't rile him up the way he used to either. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speak like for yourself, but yeah, exactly. This machine kills fascists. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just this other tunes. Uh, what? Which ones though? Like, I guess fuck Donald Trump. That's like yeah, kind fuck, of our fuck modern, Donald Trump. Uh, we song. we gonna be all right. Yeah, is, is that is, that did hit, and that yeah. was going that was going big. That yeah, day. you're right. Um, so there there's some, but I, it's I just a different think, message though. Us being all right is different than like running from the police. Essentially. Yeah, well, you know what it, I mean. And it tells you about kind of the shift in in the culture generally, right? Like we don't right. we don't have people as bombastic and um, you know so forthright as KRS anymore. Yeah, it's the, like when you look up the word bombastic in the dictionary, they should have a picture of it's KRS shaggy throwing KRS. A, throwing a <laughs> tennis ball at someone in a small club. Absolutely, um, but yeah, it's. Are, are you a, you you mentioned this earlier, but I just want to put it on the record. Showbiz produced this song. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I never was walking around going like, "Oh, that's a real heater for showbiz." Like, right. I always think of showbiz and AG and some of his stuff later with the DITC kind of era. But like, I never really thought of this as a showbiz song. And if you listen to the beat on its own, if you can like separate the fields of the planes of the sound in your head. It, what KRS is bringing to it is not necessarily there. Does that make sense? Kind of. He's not really responding to a thing in the beat. He's doing that vocally. Yeah, yeah. He's just bringing that, which, uh, and we'll we'll dig more into this, which I think goes back to that kind of fake in Jamaican sense. Although he has Jamaican roots, so I don't want to. I don't want to try. It's to not necessarily it. fake, but it's not his normal speaking voice. No, but it's it's that idea of when you hear um, when you hear a Jamaican record. You know, 80s, 90s dance hall, something like, oh, that's almost anti-melodic, what you're yelling on this beat. This beat is hard as fuck, and you're yelling, making some kind of sound. So I think it kind of comes from that. Interesting. That's how it always felt to me. Like okay. He was kind of tipping into that. Yeah. Into it, that his world. his uh, Jamaican vocal stylings are very, very prominent on this album to the point where when I was just listening to it right before we were coming on, I was kind of like, damn, this song too? Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like there's I there I, w- I didn't count, but I would say there's probably more Patois songs than there are his normal American New York Absolutely. accent, Absolutely. which to me did not age well. And 
makes the album harder to listen to. It gets old. He he kind of moved away from that in, in successive releases, but I think this was, and folks can correct me, I do think this was like the high watermark of when the cross-pollination of dance hall yeah. And like Dolly, my baby's super hot at this point, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, super, super cat was big. Yeah. Buju was big. Yeah. So there was definitely this thing, which never quite worked for me. I'll be honest. Oh, most, really? I like some of that stuff. Most, well, most of the cross pollinations. I love Super Cat. I right. hate the Super Cat hip hop remix. Interesting. I I never felt that those two things were great together, but mm. I feel like that was this time, and so I I hear you on. To me, it's it's KRS trying to be achingly relevant interesting like this is hitting right now right uh he doesn't do it so much anymore but yeah sound of the police is yeah. is right in there um is that the jam i'd kick for the normies i think if I, I, I i've always interpreted this question a little bit differently than you and dave or we'll have to assume what dave would think um i i think there the it is anthemic and therefore easily understandable. Gotcha. By a normal. Gotcha. Like when I was like yeah. only when I'm drunk for the alcoholics. Yeah, I'm like, this yeah. is almost like a novelty song where this dude's pretending yeah. he's drunk like a vaudeville comedian. Well, it, it, So it's, like a normal person could get into this. I, don't, I also maybe think we're picturing different normal people. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's more saying for somebody who isn't necessarily super into rap music. Yeah. Like, right. What, what would resonate for them? Yeah. For me, it would be the song uh, Return to the Boom Bap. Okay. Um, it's got a very catchy chorus and literally a genre defining song. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard for folks to think about that now, but the term boom bap wasn't even widely used or recognized as something that you would ascribe to a style of music until this record. So it's kind of like this, he throws down the gauntlet on we're going back to this sound, which you didn't even know really had a name. Now you do. And here's the anthem of that. Um, Surprisingly, though, and shout out to Sun Ra for pointing this out, the homie Sun Ra, uh, he's like, it is actually not a boom bap song. It doesn't. <laughs> the way that the drums are programmed yeah. is not technically boom bap. Not at all. It's, it's, so this is yeah. another one of my big theories. Uh, this I was talking about how backward looking this record is, especially the way it starts. Like He's nostalgic for something that's not over yet we're going back to something that is still the dominant mode of, um, of, of expression at the time. Boom Bap is having its like the high water mark at this moment. Like the, every record that came out, like midnight Marauders came out this year. That's like the best Boom Bap record. Yeah. But, will but, ever exist. but again, we're, we're, we at the time, nobody was like, this is the best Boom Bap record. It was it's just, a, it's actually to quote Q-tip. He actually says boom bip yeah, on his thing. The yeah. boom bip. The, um, the bip. The boom bip. Just, but to say that now the lens that we look through and say that this was a great boom bat record and this is something different. Right. Um, he created that lens. This record is that lens that is looking back. And I will say this. He's looking back. It's 93. He's looking back to 86. I know. Which in, which in, re in years, years, not a big deal. In rap years, light years. Light years. Who, who was doing stuff in 86 with him that was still doing anything we cared about in 93 not right. too many not too many yeah so that run, to run me DMC. that yeah that yeah. to me even even run dmc was kind of they were doing like the down with the king stuff it was clearly on the back half for yeah. them but they weren't done yet they, they certainly they weren't. weren't done as cultural figures but my, my point is that it's interesting that you say that he coins that I, I i don't know if that's true or not but it certainly puts it into the parlance in a way that we we can all agree it it's like from then on, we all know what boom bap is. Like yeah. we just we mm -hmm. use that mm -hmm. strictly to mean this kind of like programmed, like dusty 
mm-hmm. hip hop, and I totally get that. But I'm saying, for such a young man, he is already rethinking about his career. And what you're saying is true. It's not that long. It's seven years. That's like the Beatles' entire career, though. It's like them going like, "Oh, I want to hold your hand." Was so long ago for for pioneering. But KRS One is not the Beatles, and like Return to the Boom Bap is not the Light Years thing that like Abbey Road is away from. I want to hold your hand. You know what uh, I mean? Houdini is done by '93. Yes, I'm just giving. I'm just giving Houdini you. Houdini is done. No, so, no argument so for me. In in his world, yeah, he's he survived. Like he's yeah. an elder statesman. He did the whole BDP era. He was still making music, and I think the genius of this album it's him it's uh he does this one more time and i can't remember the name of the album i'll look it up but he's just going i'm updating my style just a little bit so i don't become houdini like i need you guys to understand that i am i'm with that i am of the current styles i can still spit with the youngsters like i'm still out here so that that's more krs is born in 65 so in 93, he's 28. he's 28. Yeah. That's very young to be doing your career retrospective. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think for, for Karis one, no. I think for, for who he was and how long he had been out, it was almost, I remember the buzz around Return of the Boom Bap is like, oh, does he still got it? Is that shit over? Like Chronic was already out by this time. Yeah. You know Sounds what I mean? had changed. I'm not saying sounds yeah. hadn't changed. And, and most I'm saying most listening can... back to this, which I, 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 th- I thought of this as like this classic record, this very good Karis one record, this record that had hits, this record that's produced by Primo, this record that's on a major label, like it's on Jive. Yeah. Jive's roster is insane at this point. At it's yeah. just like, and that now when I listen to it, I'm like, huh, is that what this is? Yeah, no, you're clearly questioning. Yeah, I don't. I, I kind of don't think this record is that good. It's 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 kind of a chore. Okay. I, I think there's a lot of filler. Let's get to it. Yeah, for what sure. Are, what are your fillers? Uh, my fillers are. Um, let me pull my notes back up. I remember one of the things, and even when you let me let me start for you, Mad is, Crew. Oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> What's he doing on that one? I, I'm just like, I have a couple things where I'm like, <laughs> okay, so there's a song called Stop Fronting, yeah. which I think is just, an, it's just a normal rap song. He's like, I take this hip hop too, shit too serious. And it's like, yeah, you do. And that's been your issue now for like moving forward from this point on in it, his career. It was not uncool at that time. Which he I get you. tips into parody. I get you. But to say that at that time was you signifying something. Yeah. It didn't mean you were Ma- super Mad cool. Crew is like, a, like I wrote in my notes, terrible, period. <laughs> like th- this is a bad song. Uh, slap them up. My uh, note here is Jesus, this song sucks. And we talked about this off mic. I'd like to talk about it on mic. There is an uncredited other rapper on this who I had to do some internet sleuthing to find out is ill will. So we're, we're, we're positing. Is that the ill will of no? Okay. Now that I'm saying it doesn't make sense because the ill will would not be Nas's friend. Ill will. Yeah. Too young. And also from Queensbridge. So I'm I'm not sure that he was that chummy with, queen's cats by that time. that's a good point but pro- we are pro- like seven years after that but i hear you yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah okay let's talk about the song i can't wake up what i want you, to, want do you to do is count to ten on one 
You're putting that as your one of your skippers? This song makes no fucking sense, dude. All right. He, I he's don't think he thought about the imagery. He's getting that smoked. That if he's the blunt, he has to go in all these other dudes' mouths <laughs> in the song. It's an absurd premise for a song, okay. especially in this era okay. of hip-hop. Okay, you just made such a case for it because, <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, that would be the most, and, and as homophobic as that era was, that I never thought about it that way. It like, he subversively, song. he subversively uh, got you to think about something that would cause people to say pause. Here, here's um, my thing about this song. <laughs> He is so name droppy all over this album. Like that that song is mm-hmm. his dream is to be a blunt and someday go in, in like the mouth. Dawes affects his <laughs> mouth or whatever. And uh Grand Pooba's getting mad at him because he's not rolled up correctly. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about, bro? Why are you the blunt? Why aren't you dreaming of the like you know, like people say like dream blunt rotation? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like fucking Grand Pooba, De La Soul, oh, they man. passed to Bill Clinton. That could be a story. Him being the blunt makes it insane. Oh, man. And also, no one ever name drops him. Like, they're not like, yeah, I was kicking it with KRS-One in my song. Like, that's not a common refrain. Oh, it's like, I think he's the fucking annoying guy. I mean, it's clearly the annoying guy. Yes, but, and um, so, like, it's just weird how name dropping he is, and I don't see that name dropping being reciprocated. Like, I listen to a oh, lot of interesting. music from this interesting. time, and no one's ever like, then I went up to the Blastmaster or whatever. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. It's just like, I just, it, it just, it, the whole thing gives me a weird vibe. Like, I did not enjoy listening to this song, like, six times prepping for this podcast. I just, it's it's weird and you, bad. You took the imagery in a very interesting direction. It's, just, it's um, what he says. I'm not saying anything different than what he yeah, says in the song. I, it's, it's, to me, I, I, w- I wouldn't add this amongst my skips. I think it's, it's cute. You know what I mean? It's him name dropping all the prominent rappers of the day. The beat, the beat's in there. It's yeah. fine. Um, I wasn't offended by it, but now I'm not I have, offended by it. I have I'm to list. I mean, far from homophobic, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's offended a weird in thing the homo- to say. <laughs> I'm not saying offended in the homophobic sense. Just I I wasn't I've never been put off by it. I always knew it didn't make sense. And I want to say maybe the homie from Rap Zines can can clarify this. I think even he in a source interview was kind of like, oh, it doesn't make sense. I'm just I'm just (laughs) talking about I'm just talking about my people's whatever. I love a surreal song like you can if you don't frame it as this was my dream. It's better, funnier. Like no one wants to hear about anyone's dreams. You know what I mean? Like, can there be a good song about a dream you had? Like, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Some of, like, Ghostface's, like, um, you know, like, I'm in the underwater floating with Aquaman and stuff. Right. It's like, this is an ill verse. It's not, like, a dream I had. Huh. Making it a dream makes it worse. Huh. Like, do you ever want to hear someone tell you the story of their dream? No, it's so but, boring. but it's not to say that it couldn't be the fodder for a, a good song. Michael Jackson died trying to call dreams from the call songs from the dream world like are those songs good i don't know <laughs> if don't stop till you get enough came from the dream world then i guess so. but, but he doesn't start by going i had a dream 
And then I didn't stop because I couldn't get enough. It's like that makes the song bad. I'm you're, not gonna die on this hill. Your your Michael Jackson kind of has a Chris Brownness to it, and I'm I'm here for I it. I didn't I'm, come to do a Michael Jackson impression. No, but that's a but very you, bad thing to do these days. But you got it nonetheless. Let's see. Um, I think the the listening back to this, the thing that struck me as very good was the beat for Uh Oh. You ain't that tough, yeah. Choose the right friends. You ain't that tough now. Don't make your life end. Oh, okay. I, I fucks, thought you were gonna lock that in with, with your this hated. beat, dude. Like, okay. I, I really like a minimal beat, and like, yeah. I'm like getting like vital nerve and grinding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Vibes from this, like I was like, this, this is a heater and should be talked about more in premieres kind of like he doesn't always make the song same song over and oh well over I, he's got a bunch of different i, songs. I will pause you i think that was produced by krs oh yeah premiere would never do Is anything that, that anything that guttural yeah the it's produced by krs they're, oh wow they're well there i go uh being wrong on a podcast um, not the first time. Um, <laughs> not even yeah. the first time today. Uh oh, is a is a dope song in the same way that I like Black Cop. You're right. He did. Yeah, and yeah. in the awesome. same way that I like um, his song from Ghetto Music, which is called Breath Control. When it when it's stripped down, when it's kind of beats, almost banging on the yeah, table shit. Totally. Kara's kills like I that's lo- his. I love a banging on the table beat. That yeah. is uh, that yeah. just totally moves me. How about the choice to have not only this dude Ill Will who is unknown and uncredited, but uh, to have Kid Capri kick a verse? Again, at the time, not out of the question. At the time, not out of the question. W- would he was, you say it's good though? Not really, but it wasn't. I mean, there was a bunch of that happening. Why not one of the people from the Dream Blunt rotation? This is my thing. <laughs> yeah. No, your thing about people don't fuck with Karis like that uh, makes he, a he lot wants, of sense. He wants to stand on the mountain and boast that he's the best MC. Then fucking kick a verse with uh, who's hot at this time? Method Man. Yeah. Like, like yeah, where's yeah. The, where's a song like the what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. He, maybe he's not. Um, and there's not a bunch. If you look at his even his era era. There's not a bunch of features like that. Like yeah. he's really he's really insular to his crew. Um, Wouldn't and, that be a way to prove your MC supremacy to but, have but like the best? Like even a Chuck D, they shout out uh, Public Enemy in the right. first song. Right. It's like I really learned a lot from Public Enemy. Like let's hear about it. Let's right. have Ch- Chuck D is not some like terrorizing MC killer who's gonna right. come in the cipher and like ruin but your there, life. It's not, I don't know. Just somehow there wasn't really a lot of that. Like Public Enemy didn't have a bunch of features of people they liked and admired. But they're not constantly saying how great they are at rapping. They're just True. there to teach you shit. Yeah, it's a way to prove you're good at rapping would be to out rap the best rappers. Uh, potentially, That's what I'm saying. potentially, but also rappers don't like that either, right? Like <laughs> Jay Z and Eminem never did a song together after people were like, "Eminem got you," but and then they it. never did it. But he did it. Renegade yeah, exists. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. But I'm just yeah. saying, it's that's kind of the people don't want to get ate up. Who um, wants to get ate up? I'm just saying. I'm just saying this is a, a kind of a weird thing that now we have the gift of hindsight to look back at KRS's career, and it's like, yeah, you keep saying that, right. but. I, I where, think where is it on these records? I, I think he is very much standoffish, in in a in a way. I think he cultivated that from the jump. Like he started off by dissing a borough, right? You know what I mean. So yeah. he just eliminated yeah. a whole and, and like, slew of rappers. Like but, he's but, he's made it. He's a combat rapper. 
So a lot of those, a lot of those type of guys don't have the camaraderie. He never built up a uh, a real protege right. through his system. Right. Like it's it's him and it's all him. So I could see how he would be hard to the altar like, boys from the church of hip hop are not uh, becoming great uh, battle rappers or whatever. great recording artists and songwriters. That's shocking. If, if you guys would have heard the things that Nate said before we started <laughs> recording that joke would have landed so hard. Um, um, the, yeah, I think that's kind of my thoughts for the most. Okay. How do you feel about the song? The P is still free. Um, that is the only one where I will go along your, I don't know that we needed you to reboot this one. Totally. Yeah. I don't know if we needed it. And the story itself that he kicks is a little goofy the sensational. Story got a little worse. Yeah. In the, what is it? Like five years in between the versions of this well, song? Well, it's, it's, it's like any sequel. It's trying harder yeah. to like out salacious the first one. Yes. So a guy gets his dick sucked and then he gets Bit his throat off. slick. Bit off. Bit off and throat slit all in one motion. This woman is like the Red Sparrow or something. She's yeah. Like, I was like, I, I was, uh, that was what, the, that lyric is what came on in my car when I was leaving my driveway to come over to your house. And I was like, he got his dick bit off and his throat slit. Like, yeah. cause she's so into crack. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was one of those where I, I see what he was trying to do, but I, yeah, I don't think that line, if you're asking me like, here, I'm going to give you your skips, and I'm going to tell you my skips. Please, you, please. You got please. more skips. I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm kind of done, but yeah. Like, yeah. Please you, uh, Slap me. them up. I, I, can, I can agree. Yeah. Um, Embarrassing. We're, we're going we're gonna to agree to disagree about Karis one being in people's mouths. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mad Crew is kind of trash. Yes, that's uh, a bad song. Brown Skin Woman is kind of dumb. And I want, obviously, I, like, I want to like an, a record called Brown Skin Woman, right. and I think uh, Reflection Eternal did this title justice later uh, on? Black Star. Black Star. It's it's also interesting when we're talking about the P is free. Like it would 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 that uh, do they contradict? Be relevant enough still for Black Star to riff on it in '97 without yeah. doing the yeah. P is free remix or whatever he calls it. The P is freer. The P is still the free. The P is freer. Yeah. The P is still free because they, they probably wouldn't have referenced the older song. So like it yeah. is him doing it in 93, make it so it's okay to redo it in 97 for uh, uh, definition and redefinition. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. And then he, I hear they you. have brown skin lady. He has yeah. brown skin woman. Is this, are they riffing off of this? I don't know. I've never heard them say that in an yeah. interview or whatever. Well, if Talib ever brings us on his podcast, we can, uh, <laughs> sure. we can, sure which invitation I, got sent to spam, uh, which will definitely happen. Yeah. PSO free doesn't really work for me. Um, I got a soft spot for stop fronting. If if nothing else, it's for that damn sample. You stop fronting uh, and, and use your head. head. I, I grew up in a DJ collective, yeah, so it's yeah. it's it's hard for me to front on that one. So you know, you're saying there's four duddos. I'm saying you're saying there's five. I'm saying there's four. I'm I'm saying those are the ones I wrote down that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying there's but, but four Nate, or five good songs. Nate, do you ever think about when you're out of here? Uh, at times, yes. yes. <laughs> like after we've been podcasting for six hours, <laughs> four hundred dollar love seat out of here. The uh, recording time starts to meld into dinner time. Yes, yeah. I think about it. Absolutely. Um, all right, best three song sequence on this record. Oh God. I'll start. I, I'll start please, for you. Please, please. I'm gonna posit that the best three song sequence on this record. And this is going to kind of sound a little bit like a cop. No, it's not the first three. It's 
tracks two, three, and four. Out of here, uh, out of Black here, Pop Black and Cop, Immortal Thought. Immortal Thought. Okay. Um, super solid, uh, and it gives you kind of the flavors of KRS. He's giving you out of here is this kind of moralistic tale about how fickle the record industry is. Black yeah. Cop is obviously about co- black cops. Yeah. Mortal Thought is kind of him in his pedantic bag, but not too, <clears throat> not too crazy. And yeah. uh, DJ Premier makes a sick ass track. So right that, on. I, I agree. Favorite. That's the best sequence because every other sequence is interrupted by a song I hate. Just something here. Okay, now that I went back to it, um, something that stands out for me is I see Karis One as being in between. I see tracks here that could have been on Ghetto Music right. or Sex and Violence, right? And then I see tracks that are trying to lean into a newer D and D sound, the newer right. sound of New York. Like right. he's trying. Right. It's an for him, I know you're saying he's a young man at 28, but for him, he was an elder statesman already. And to me, this is him trying to be like, all right, I'll get premiere. I'll try to do a little bit of what I'm going to expand my sound a little bit. Yeah. And so I think that's that's why sometimes these tracks, it's like if you look at Black Cop and Uh Oh, um, these are the type of tracks that nobody else would ever make, especially yeah. on an album in 93. At that time, yeah, yeah. for sure. It was we were in a smoother era. Absolutely. And they, these are not smooth. And the credit where credit is due, that's cool. That's yeah. that's a yeah. that's a good thing. And I think the 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 we needed that still at that time. Um, I wanna say a couple of disclaimers. I actually love Criminal Minded. Like to me, that's one of the most important records ever made and I'm hugely into it. I will still listen to it for pleasure, even though I've heard it a million times. Like I don't hate KRS. Like I I think he's You can't. He's your dad. S- super important to the <laughs> like what we think of when we think of emceeing and yeah. like that he, he plays such a huge role in this Absolutely. and we, we kind of like lovingly chide KRS's quirks but the, at the same time like is there anyone it's more of a chore to listen to at this point it's well like, I, dude, I wish you're, you're making this so hard you're so I, I good wish, at rapping but I wish Dave was here because I think Dave holds it, it crystallizes within him the, the the disgust he has for what I'll call again the bombast, right? Yeah. And so, um, is it distasteful now? I think there's a great track on um, on Video Days record uh, called "Pardon the Interruption" that has Paul Barman. And there's this weird non sequitur at the end where Paul Barman goes, "You don't have to yell to rap. <laughs> yelling is not cool no more. Right? Like yelling. We're, is, we're not in a yelling era. We're not in a yelling era. Yeah. People are learning to use their natural tone more. Yeah. So my man looks like a fucking insane relic. Right. Like he just, it just, it seems bad because You're in like, some ways, why is this Jamaican guy so pissed off? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> Uh, but I don't, I don't think that his bombast or even some of the weird comments that he made should affect the way that we look at the work from his prime. Yeah. And and then another thing that I wanted to bring up and you and I talked about this off mic, but I want to make sure I get it down here is he still refers to himself as part of BDP a bunch on this. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know why the cultural, the contractual uh, oh, logistics worked out that this was released as a KRS album and yeah. not a Boogie Down Productions album. We were actually looking it up. We had to look it up on Wikipedia, which yeah, was wrong, yeah, yeah. and Discogs, which was right, uh, to see whether this was a BDP or a KRS album. And That's it right. does matter because if it's he's presenting himself differently for the first time. All yeah. of his previous work was credited to BDP. BDP. And though right. even though know, he was the driving force of BDP, especially after Scott LaRock passed, right. it's still presented as a group project. 
This is presented as a KRS-One album, primarily produced by DJ Premier, who was on fire at, at this the time. time. And yeah. really at the height of his powers and yeah. someone who like could move the needle on your perception right. and who did really good work on this. Oh, he did great. So he did great it's, work on It's this. just interesting. I don't, I, I wish I knew more about how that broke down, but it does matter because like in my, you know, I do all my filing based on how I filed CDs <laughs> in the 2010s at Streetlight Records. It's in a different section. Oh, then BDP. Yeah. BDP oh. is a, is a, has a card and KRS-One has a oh. card and you might put a note on like C, say C. C also KRS-One, but this is a different project Got you. filed in the K section, not the B section. Yeah. So I, it gives it, it gives a whole different thing. And so my thing about, is this the first bad one or the last good one? I, I am of the let, thank you for bringing that back. Yeah. I am of the last good one. Okay. Um, he has the record that has MCs act like they don't know. And I'm right. sorry, that's escaping me. And yeah. I, I, I still ride for that song. That's a but, good song. But that the re- that record is uneven, and I think it kind of peters out from there. Yeah, uh, I do think this is um, his his last really solid offering, um, and you know it's were there better BDP albums? Sure, absolutely. His next uh, solo album is self titled. That one where it's like kind of just one of his eyes staring yes. out, and it's like yep. a sepia tone cover, and then yep. it's I got next. I got next is the record I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. He could still have a good moment, but it's it's over by that point. Yeah, kind of. And it and well, it's it's interesting. We say that, right? But then like he got his whole little do with the Big Daddy Kane battle and like during Hip Hop Fifty he was he was celebrated. Ah, it's not over at that point. Step into a world is on here. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's Can't got stop, won't stop. Yeah. Well, this is the era after this. He starts to cement himself as kind of the hip hop high priestess, and he starts the church of hip hop and <laughs> and high priest. Excuse yeah, me. Well, he's gonna. I was like, yeah, I don't think he'd be super into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or putting rappers in his mouth. Um, so I, I kind of feel like this is the last. MC Zag, like they don't know, is on 95 self-titled. 95 self-titled. And there is a song called "Represent the Real Hip Hop," which I know surprises you. Yeah, from him. Health, um, wealth, self. That's that's the last song. In two years, we'll do our retrospective on this record. And I don't. I, I, I might don't think so. I might listen to it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Some tell me we won't. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely, you know, his his productivity kind of trails off after this, um, and you could argue that um, he kind of gets further and further away from kind of intentionally. I think it's it's almost in this kind of luddite sense that he retreats from anything current that's happening. Um, into his kind of like, you know, uh, church of hip hop. Yeah, like his the, real hip hop. Uh, he's such staunch belief in like the way that hip hop was. And I don't know when he would. I don't mean to make this comparison. I'm going to, but don't don't roast me for this. Like you know how when people say, and I'll get off this very quickly. Make America great again. Ooh. What what are they referring to? Yeah. Like whenever you press someone who yeah. has that, like so let's just say for no reason. Make hip hop great again. Win. What yes. are we talking about? Okay, so this yeah. is my point. Like, when when does KRS when when was hip hop real? Eighty eight. It's, it's before this. Yeah, eighty eight. Yeah, he's literally telling you that it should be eighty eight. Yeah. Still. Um. Again, and when shit was real, or when you were on top, and you knew everything, and you were the guy. Yeah. That that's fine. I I think the 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 ego, the bombast, all that shit are fun foundational elements of every rapper. Rappers carry it differently now, right? Yeah. They've learned to be a little bit more slick with it. Maybe we're a little more clever, understated, weird, all the things. But it's like, you know, there's like id, super ego, whatever. Your rapper id is KRS-One. Interesting. It is KRS-One chucking fucking 
tennis balls, battling whole burrows, yeah. talking long shit, even though sometimes he did not know what the fuck he was talking about, but he talked it with such conviction. I'll, I'll make another horrible analogy. It's almost in the kind of like Bill O'Reilly. Horrible person, but his bombast and approach to like, I'm confident even when I'm wrong, um, carried Karras for years. Interesting. And it, it is foundational in terms of how MCs um, position themselves. Right. Brag boast. Now it looks a little goofy, but <clears throat> I always want to encourage people like, you know, you have an, an uncle who is a damn fool who you love dearly, who yeah. did cool ass shit, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. You got to respect him. You right. got to respect him. Even right. if he has the weird shoes now right. and is doing goofy stuff and like is I an got attention really into whore. hip house at some point. <laughs> uh, Nate's fundamentalism against hip house <laughs> will be discussed on a, another program. Nate, it's time for Nate's record corner. Uh, the funniest thing about this record is that the U.S. pressing of it came in a black sleeve with an orange That's sticker. That's the album? This is the album. Wow. This album, as much as I've talked shit about it for an hour, has a fucking amazing cover. Oh, that's wild. That that uh, blue-toned photo yeah. of yes. KRS-One yelling what Screaming I'm sure was some absolute nonsense <laughs> into a pair of headphones is so hip-hop. Yes. I think yeah. of the charisma line, when I didn't have a mic, I rapped on headphones, headphones. which is a very important line to me in my hip-hop journey, and like I... Me and Cutso used to do our fake radio show. We didn't own a microphone. We used to use headphones. It's just DJs making announcements at the end of the party. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here yeah. into the back of the headphones. It's yeah. just so hip-hop. I love it. For whatever reason, money, politics, clearance, I have no idea why the U.S. pressing of this record is in a black sleeve with an orange sticker that does not have oh, that's funny. that sticker, the, the, the that cover. image on it, which is so funny It's and such weird. a dope image. And the... Second and third pressings don't even have the sticker. It's weirdly <laughs> disrespectful. That's wild. Tribe could get three. This is the same record company at the same time. Tribe could get three variations of yeah. Midnight Marauders with full color printing. And everyone who KRS-One claims to hang out with is actually photoed in a, pictured in a photo <laughs> on their cover. And this dude gets a sticker. And then um, I don't know if you ever do you ever read like IMDb trivia on like movies while you're watching them or something? Not much. Oh, you should. You'll learn a ton about mu uh, movies and it's fun. Um, there's always a thing called crazy credits. Mm. This album has a crazy credit. The last thing that's written on here is overseen by Scott LaRock, despite what others might think. think. And that is that. the most KRS one thing you could possibly say on a record cover. Absolutely. It's just funny. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, it's not a particularly sought after record, and uh, there might be one more on the market pretty soon. <laughs> I'm not. You're sure returning if, the I'm, boom bap. I'm not. I might return the boom bap. <laughs> Needs to go to a good home. Maybe like a dude in Germany who's like super into boom bap still. I don't know. Yeah, man. Um, it it, it it's sold for as much as sixty dollars, but more goes in the twenties or like the teens. This is not a sweated I, I, record. Yeah, and I and I think it goes back to this thing of um, I was talking to Dave about this uh, a couple weeks ago at, at Cutso's Trading Post event. Um, if you look at cultural cachet. Chuck D versus KRS. Chuck D's cultural cachet, you could argue, is greater than it's ever been. Still like, a respected talking head in documentaries. Still yep. like a fucking father figure for the culture. Still like a respected voice on current politics. He and sought. Stuff. He sought out. Whereas KRS is seeking 
somebody please pay attention to me, which right. I fucking hate. I yes. hate to see that for him. Yeah. Uh, because I think artistically, he is a true legend of emceeing. He yeah, is, he's he a is true one of the best emcees of all time. Absolutely. When we interviewed um, Merce, if you guys didn't hear that episode, he tells a great story about going to a Karis One show with Absol, who was kind of like eh, Karis One, and then Absol sees the show and he's like, "Oh, Karis One." I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. So I kind of feel like. There's going to be another moment for KRS. I feel like the youngers, there's definitely young people who understand that Illmatic is amazing. This is kind of just beyond their grasp right now. And I feel like there'll be another time, maybe he'll mellow a little bit in terms of kind of uh, some of his bombast, probably not. I don't see that <laughs> happening. I, I, I realize we're on a, a audio medium and I just served that face. But he did. Yeah, he did. I was like, yeah, probably not. He'll probably, not he'll probably be talking long shit in the same way that Little Richard talked long shit until the day he died. That's right? a very interesting comparison. Yeah. In he terms was... of flamboyant. Like, there's just some cats that are flamboyant, yeah. egomaniacal. Yeah. When it works, it's but beautiful. Rock venerates Little Richard, and we're all trying to forget about KRS-One. And this is something we've talked about a million times. We have, going back a couple years. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Let's be clear. Despite his weird comments about Bambata. He has done nothing of that sort that, that we, we know, know about, of. that we yeah. know about, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just, I kind of think it's like sometimes you age and you get uncool. It's like if Ice Cube wouldn't have made a billion dollars in movies, we might look at him the same way. We'd be like, oh, bro, come on, well, shut I'm up, man. I'm looking at his current, like, essentially, like, republicanism, very side-eyed and, like, makes yeah. me lose respect for him. Yeah. Absolutely. But I will like, watch some Big Three on, like, a Saturday morning, though. Yeah, why wouldn't you? life balance out? Yeah, yeah. Why, like, yeah. why wouldn't you? Boys yeah. in the Hood comes on. I'm not like turning Lamar it. Lamar Odom's getting buckets? Yeah. All right, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> so it's kind of like a lot of his, con not a lot of his contemporaries, his contemporaries that we still talk about went on to do other things in media. In Eric Chuck D, too, went on to do other things in media. Um, he is still a rapping ass rapper for his for his own devices. Um, I hope you know that there's a rabid audience for it in the UK and in, in different parts of Europe, which I'm sure there still is. Um, and I hope this whole hip hop fifty run gives him more exposure to other right, folks. He's like a hip hop fundamentalist, and like it's hard yeah. to talk to fundamentalists these it's, days. It's, well, let me just say that it's hard to have a conversation with a fundamentalist. You, it's no. very, they yeah. find it easy to talk to me, talk at <laughs> you, talk to us. To talk oh, at there us. you, there it is. Yeah. We don't respect people who talk at us anymore. Right. We only yeah. respect yeah. people who talk to us or with yeah. us. Or with us. I prefer the third, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We don't respect rap. And that used to be a thing. Rappers used to talk at you. Um, and he kind of still has that energy. Yeah. Um, but this is what I will say. Still has his wind for the most part, which I love to see. We yeah. talked about Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. He could still get on a stage and, and do his things. Yeah. Uh, for just so for everyone listening, we talked about Big Daddy Kane on a segment we just recorded that you you will never hear unless you join our Patreon, which you Damn, should. Damn, that was a tease, bro. Uh, that I was like a what tease, you, bro. Like what you did there. Yeah. Um, yes, please join the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash DadBarRapPod. We did. Um, if you thought this segment was lightweight contentious <laughs> you should listen to the shit we just recorded 20 minutes ago um good times all around but uh let's let's round it off here with the question and and i think this will be the question for each of the retros timeless record record of its time record of its time and kind of like i said a record that treats time oddly greg krs1 already looking backward at his past accomplishments and not reaching the heights that he was, we know he's capable of scaling. So I, 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 my opinion of this record changed dramatically for the worse in this batch of re-listens. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about you? I would say that this is a record of its time with two timeless hits. And those are to me Sound of the Police and Return of the Boom Bap. I think those songs will outlive this record. I mean, they still do. There's a fucking shitty documentary on Netflix right now called Sound of the Police. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, those things will outlive this record. Um, I love your framing of this is the last good one. Would you say that? This is the last? I, I'm now starting to think it's the first bad one. Oh. Yeah. I, oh. I used to think it was the last good one. Now, mm-hmm. I, now I might. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not totally decided on that yet at this point. I will say it's got a lot of bad. Um, it just not even like bad song construction. There's some bad rapping on this. Where mm. I used to think Harris one was kind of invincible. When I listen to Unimpeachable. it now, I'm like, especially the writing is really lazy. And it, I'm just like, eh. I had some one. <laughs> I have some genius pulled up where I was like going to read some of the things in like out of cadence and be don't like, do it. Don't would, do it. Would you say that's good rapping? Don't do it. You know it. what I mean? But don't do it. You guys know. Listen back to it. If you think I'm wrong, listen to it. Go on yeah. a walk with this in your headphones and tell me that every line on here is very well considered I, 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 and I, necessary. I like how you set that up knowing that nobody can find you on social media <laughs> and that I'll be filtering through. The <laughs> I'm going to screenshot everything and like print it out and mail it to your house. So if you have that smoke for Nate. I literally don't read my mail, so please go ahead. <laughs> It's going to be right with the penny saver, bro. My wife has to put aside a thing and put a post-it note on it. Like, no, you really have to pay attention. No, seriously. These are bills. Seriously, you have cancer. No, Like, open this letter. Yeah. (laughs) No, this is from the DMV. You literally have to read it. I'm like, I don't think so. They'll they'll email me. (laughs) I got a letter from the DMV. All right. All right, folks. Thank you guys for tapping in. Uh, As Nate mentioned earlier, please check out our Patreon, dadbod, patreon.com slash dadbodrappod. Uh, for all the fly stuff, I'm gonna put. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm gonna put uh, my best of Q3 playlist up pretty soon. Nice. Uh, Nate is working on a new fly sporadic. Yes, I need to take this machine home with me. Actually. Yes, I've been holding his machine yep. hostage, <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna get cracking on that. And uh, you never know what kind of fly stuff will be coming through the uh, the Patreon. So please sign up. Thanks for for tuning in and tapping in. We got more retrospectives coming. Just that treble right now. Just the bass. Turn it up, stop front. Come on, turn it up. All right, check it out. 93 lyrics. Here we go. Oh, I never want a jerry curl up under my hat. The woman in my bed has got to be strictly black. 